KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Rashawn Leak, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. A school lunch report, the federal program that provided free lunch for all students during the pandemic has ended. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KZMU's Molly Marcello has more on what school officials in Moab, Utah are doing. And we also have Meet the Neighbors, Rise Up School of Dance, one of KRCL's many artful neighbors in the Guadalupe neighborhood of SLC. And our very own Eric P. Nelson, or the Eric P. Nelson as I like to call him, Crate Digging 101, the Prince Edition. It's to give you all a little taste of what's going to go on for uh, KRCL's 909 day, which is September 9th. And it's a block party and record sale happening 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. at 509 West 300 North SLC. So stop on by and meet the neighborhood. Do some crate digging to add to your vinyl collection. Watch Radioactive Live with the Zizus and more. And, I mean, if you can hear my voice, you know I am officially back, y'all, and it feels good. And on the Roundtable Tuesday edition, we're going to have some featured teachers. We have Greg Muhammad, Horizonte Instruction and Training Center, and a member of the Salt Lake Education Association's Political Education and Action Committee. Sarah Lee, who teaches math at Highland High School and has been in the SLC school district for 13 years, and John Arthur, who teaches sixth grade at Meadowlark Elementary School. And just in case I didn't say it, uh, Greg Muhammad teaches environmental sciences and biology. But first, we have our own Laura Jones joining me on the mic. Hey, so you had your August off, you know, you like, I got, I got to spend some time with the kids before they go back to school. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? So how was it? You it get was... The, it was fun. It was fun. You know, it, it, the hard part is we, we have so many activities going on. So, you know, like a lot of, I, I would say a lot of pool days, but, you know, I'm sure Joe was listening, rolling her eyes because I did not. It was too hot for me, Laura. I was I was like, let me stay in my, the confines of the house in the AC. Where's the mister? I want the mister Oh, you on know, me. you know, in the garage with the fan blowing on me. Yeah, it's, it's. It's just hot to be out there. Well, did you get the battle wagon out? Oh, battle wagon. Yeah, battle wagon. We got some dirt dirt under the tires. Yeah, we, we got okay. some camping done. We went up to the Uintas. We're, yeah, we try and get out, but mm-hmm. it is just, it's just so yeah. rough. Well, they're back in school, right? Yeah, Kids? so they're officially back in school. And I will say, so this year, so the, our boys go to the Salt Lake School District as well. Uh-huh. And this year they started a lot later. So they actually just started school uh, last, last Tuesday. And it was... It was the thirtieth, and it feels, it feels good. It feels like they had a good summer to go that yeah. that late in the school year. Okay, well, excellent. I wanted to share this school lunch report. Let's go there since we're talking about school. Does that sound good? That sounds perfect. All right. So you talked about it a bit. That federal program that provided free school lunches for all students during mm-hmm. the pandemic is now finished, and school districts around the country trying to figure out how to provide nutrition for kids who don't qualify for free or reduced lunches and whose families are struggling to pay. So for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KZMU's Molly Marcello has more on what school officials in Moab, Utah 
are doing. Nutrition advocates say the nationwide free lunch for all program helped address food insecurity and childhood hunger for millions during the first two years of the pandemic. But that's going away this school year. Congress has decided that that is no longer a priority. So this year we're going back to the traditional model for school lunches um, where we have free, reduced, or full-pay students. Grand County Schools Director of Child Nutrition, Alicia Packard. The federal waivers providing free breakfast and lunch for all expired, and Congress chose not to renew them. Now families who are above certain federal income thresholds will again have to pay for their children's lunches. And experts say that can be tricky in Moab, where the federal income thresholds don't necessarily reflect the cost of living here. Jeremy Spaulding, Grand County Schools Community Coordinator. I mean, we all know that people in this community um, still struggle to make ends meet. Wages have gone up considerably in town. The other side of it is that rents have also gone up considerably over the last few years. According to the Utah Department of Workforce Services, the average monthly wage in Grand County has gone up by about $500 in the last two years. That could be enough to bump a family from qualifying for free and reduced lunch, but not enough to comfortably afford the meals. Packard says the schools kind of need to fill in this gap of those families who have always qualified before but are now making $20, $21 an hour and don't qualify. The challenge is that they're not making enough to live comfortably. And so adding the extra expense of school lunch is still a considerable expense over the course of the year, especially not having had to budget for that for the last two years. The Grand County School District has no plans to increase meal prices this year. They're the same as they were in 2020, about two to three bucks per meal, but this cost can add up. At full price, school meals run about 450 to over $600 for one student for the entire school year. We've already had one parent reach out to us. This person has four kids in school and doesn't qualify. Um, and that burden is going to be about $2,000 over the year. I mean, that's a, that's a high cost. Okay, you're going to get a breakfast here, and then you're going to go to that window and get your lunch in a box, okay? In the early days of the pandemic, cafeteria workers boarded buses. They were dropping off free meals to children at different locations around town. That free program had a high participation rate here in Grand County. And when schools returned to in-person learning, they saw 70% of students continuing to eat free lunch. For Packard, this was an absolute dream. I cannot tell you how big of a blessing having free lunch is. Free lunch is awesome. Um, <laughs> I think it, it really relieves pressure on our families. I mean, you have so much other things to think about, like, do we have shoes and pencils and all of this stuff for your kids? And to not have one more thing to think about, did I send my kid with lunch money today? Is my kid going to eat lunch today? Like, to not have to think about that is huge. And to be able to fill that gap for the last two years has been absolutely phenomenal. And Packard expects the return to the old way of doing things will be a bumpy transition. She's worried because she remembers what it was like before. I've heard students in the past say, oh, well, my mom doesn't think I should eat lunch today because we can't afford it. And that's a, that's a really tough relationship to have to impose on students and their parents. School district representatives say they will never turn away a student who is hungry. But Packard is concerned more families are going to experience these difficult dynamics. They first have to get used to paying for their child's meals again, 
and many may find out they no longer qualify for free and reduced lunch. This puts the schools in a tough position. The Grand County School District has set up a donation fund to pay for any student's outstanding meal balance. They're asking for community help to pay for kids' lunches. So it's kind of a scary, it's kind of a scary place to be. And Moab might not be alone here. There are plenty of communities where wages may have increased, but housing costs might be double or triple the national average. Here's Spalding again. We know that districts in St. George have a similar sort of style to we do. Maybe in areas like Park City and those tourism-based districts, wages have gone up to reflect um, worker shortages within tourist areas. And so we're going to see the same problem in some areas of the state. And I think that we're going to see that across the West in areas that look like we do. Before the pandemic, Spalding says about half of Grand County students qualified for free and reduced lunch. They expect much less to qualify now. But they need families to apply to know for sure. They're trying to gather data so they can help change the standard. So if we encourage parents to sign up for this and we can show a difference from you know two years ago to now uh, district-wide, we can show that the program isn't really working the way that it's set up. And eventually we could potentially petition the state to say this doesn't work for Utah and it doesn't work for our tourist community, um, where the wages have to be at a certain level for people to be able to even work here. Eligibility for free and reduced lunch not only affects mealtime, it also gets students fee waivers for sports, discounts on college applications, and allows them to receive home internet access at a reduced rate. For Grand County, funding related to free and reduced lunch has paid for student Chromebooks and helped with grants that teachers and administrators apply for. You wouldn't think that one thing would, would really have that kind of domino effect that it does. Nationwide, school food and nutrition advocates want to address this question of free and reduced lunch eligibility at the White House's September Conference on Food and Hunger. They say this pandemic-related free meal experiment has done a lot for the country's students. Advocates will point to studies on free meals helping to increase school performance and reduce behavior problems. Spalding believes it also reduces stigma. If everyone and their sister can eat free lunch at school, it's just what happens. There's no question of, oh, I can't afford it. Um, there's no question of, oh, I've got a, I have a negative balance on my account. There's none of that stuff. It's just you go to school and you get to eat. If you, if you want to have hot lunch, you can have it. And so it reduces a difference between students, which is always a positive thing. Grand County School District has staff to help families navigate the free and reduced lunch application. They say families who do not have traditional housing, so those living in an RV, hotel, or even staying with friends or relatives, can qualify for free meals regardless of income. And that was Molly Marcello reporting from KZMU. Rashawn, our friends down in Moab. The story shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Utah, and now including KRCL. I love it. It's it's hard to hear. I mean, especially when you when you really think about how easy it is to to fall and and miss that mark of how much you make to to get free lunch. Yeah. And it's just it parents shouldn't have to think about it and we you know we peel off a lot of money for things that are far less important and not you know I'm not I'm not going to say you know talk about the 10 to 20,000 dollars that we magically made happen or things like that but it's it just seems like this is a no brainer for me you know and I don't mm -hmm. say that you know obviously I'm biased because I have kids but it's mm -hmm. if 
you know, with, we're, we're blessed to be financially stable. And so if I could pay more to make sure some other families are taken care of, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's a lot of people who think like that, and we, we need to really explore other options. I agree. Something else that's hard to afford can be dance lessons. Oh, don't and... even get me started. <laughs> well, I wanted to share with you a conversation I recorded earlier today with Alyssa Roosh of Rise Up Dance, which is one of our neighbors here in the Guadalupe that you'll meet at 909 Day. Hi, my name is Alyssa Roosh, and I'm the executive director at Rise Up School of Dance. One of our neighbors here in the Guadalupe neighborhood. How old is your dance company and what do you do? So we have been around since 2017 officially as a dance studio, but we started in 2015 as an outreach program bringing dance to the west side. And that's what we're all about, is making dance accessible, to our amazing families here on the west side of Salt Lake City. So when we say dance, we're talking Martha Graham, are we talking a hip hop, are we talking ballet? We're talking ballet, point, jazz, contemporary, tap, primarily. What do you think dance does for kids? Oh man, what does dance not do for kids? It provides a safe place for them to express themselves. It's a great exercise. It's wonderful for making new friends, building confidence in their bodies, and I would say it's just one of those magical experiences to have as a kid, to be able to dance around and feel free and full. So how many kids can you put in your studio here? At one time, we have about 20 kids total at the studio per hour, but we have about 120 to 150 kids a week. So the West Side wants dance. Yes, and we want them. So what kind of... um community exhibitions might there be or recitals is that the the correct phrase oh yeah we do a big christmas recital we do clara's storybook nutcracker at the union event center tickets are free to anyone in the community that wants to come and that's a huge production all of our kids participate in and we do a big spring recital in may as well what is your dance background yeah i grew up dancing ballet and I was actually given a scholarship as a little kid. My name was drawn at an event for free dance classes, and that was the only way my family could have afforded dance. So it was a real gift to me to be picked. And that studio extended my scholarship through high school and allowed me to train. And then I got uh, to dance at the University of Utah as a student in their ballet department and have just been dancing and teaching ever since. So you've come full circle Yes. with Rise Up. Tell me about the dancers you have in class. Our dancers are amazing. We love that our kids are all backgrounds, all shapes, all sizes, all colors, all ages. So we have kids ages three all the way through adults in their 70s that dance with us every week. And a lot of our students come from families who wouldn't be able to afford dance otherwise. So at Rise Up, we do sliding scale tuition. So whatever your family can afford is what your tuition rate is with us. And again, why was it important for you to be on the west side? There's no other opportunities for kids to train and dance on the West Side. And we thought that was ridiculous because there's so many amazing families and it's such a vibrant community. And there should be a place where they can train in ballet and tap and jazz and whatnot. And they can do it here in the Guadalupe, right? We're right here in the heart of Guadalupe. What's your website so people can look you up? www.riseupschoolofdance.com. Thanks, Alyssa. You bet. Thanks for having me. And you can meet Alyssa and other folks from Rise Up at KRCL's 909 Day Block Party and Record Sale. They're just down the street They're from us. They're right around the on corner, Laura. North and 510 West, folks. So we're going to do some more Meet the Neighbor segments on the show like this week. I'm thinking tomorrow is it Gift Group, which is a, a big developer here, in mm. fact. 
they're our landlord. So oh, okay. stick around for more. Amy May of Tree Utah will be here on Friday as well. But now the records. Eric P. Nelson. The records with the Eric. Let's go, Laura. Prince Eric's time. back for some more Crate Digging 101. We did the blues last night, which yep. was perfect for Labor Day. Exactly. So tonight, Tuesday, we're doing... Prince Tuesday. Prince Tuesday. Prince Tuesday. So all these records donated by listeners in support of Listeners Community Radio of Utah. We got some great collections. Yeah. And you've put together a Prince collection as a result? They... They keep coming in, and every time a, a Prince record comes in, it kind of goes in a little corner. And an angel and, gets its uh, wings. Exactly. I hear a little ding, and here we go. All right. Let's see the first one. We've got pristine copies of 1999. Awesome. We've got Sign of the Times. I love that. That was a double album, wasn't it? Yep. And they're both in there. We got Around the World today. Purple Rain. There's a couple copies of Purple Rain. Oh, there's my Black Sabbath again. Oh, I'm sorry. Laura I keep, I, I keep adding in it. here. Another copy with the poster Ooh, of 1999. Wait, you got to pull out the poster oh. because we are doing a little Instagram live. I'll record this, folks. There is the 1999 in there. poster. It's yes. classic. Right. And then the last one. Controversy. Controversy. So that's just five. Yep. But you know there's more in there. there there's more. Um, there's lots of 80s. There's lots of funk. Um, I couldn't find them. I went digging. Um, there's a, Someone donated a bunch of Parliament. So there's some it's Parliament It's there. We have to there. go digging for it exactly. to get it out. Exactly. That's the fun part. It, the organization is there is no organization. Speaking of organization, day of, 909 day on Friday, 4 to 8, here at KRCL, folks. Yep. And find the details and directions online. How is it going to be organized? It won't be. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All the good stuff. Um, well, it, it is it's all, all good. Um, but the higher price stuff will be in our record racks. Um, it's going to be ringed. Anything without a price tag is a dollar. So we've got a lot of dollar records to comb through. Um, and, and it's there'll be a nice flow to it. And there's first come, first serve. Yep. Get here early. Still records coming in. Yeah. So there'll still be more surprises to come throughout sure. record sale season because after 909 Day, where are we going? We'll be at the 9th and 9th Street Festival. On? The... 17th the of 17th September. The 17th of September. And then the next weekend, we'll be at the Downtown Farmer's Market. Oh, that's going to be fun. On the 24th live of September. With the live broadcast. And, uh, yeah. And it keeps coming in. I want to keep saying, stop bringing records, but keep <laughs> bringing them. I can't say that. Um, each sale will have new stuff. I, I will say that right now because there is so much that's coming in that it's hard to price. So we'll, uh, we'll have new stuff at each record sale. Crate Digging 101 with Eric P. Nelson. Thank you. You're welcome. The Prince Edition. Crate Digging 101. <laughs> and, you know, any good crate digger yeah. knows that there is sometimes this rhyme and reason, but most times you just going through, rifling through every every yeah. box. But, uh, you know, there is loose organization is what I was trying to get him to talk about. You know, like the cream is going to be in the big yellow oh, yeah. record record racks that we have and then anything that's not marked like you said is just a buck i'll be stretching the trash records to keep them out of landfill so uh stop by to check out that we're doing the show live at six on friday we've got the zizus lined up to play we've got the farm to cocktail folks oh, coming from salt lake magazine okay. i might need a an official taster since i'm driving the show i can't you know 
have the liquor. Uh, let's see what else. Aldine, Skywatcher, Leo T. It's gonna be. It's gonna State be a good Fair event. Stuff. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a good event. Uh, the taco truck, the empanadas are arriving at uh, Showtime too, folks. Oh, so, yes. From Mestizo. All right. So this record, I know you can find, uh, or at least something by Sam Cooke, and this has got a little history and biology. So we're setting up our teacher conversation. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Sam Cooke on KRCL. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise, a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's Love Promise and application process at markmillersubaru.com. As Utah continues to break triple-digit heat records, remember you can escape the heat at Salt Lake County Cool Zones. These include county and city senior centers, rec centers, and libraries where you can cool off and hydrate. For a map of cool zone locations near you, visit the Connect page of krcl.org. KRCL's Music Meets Movies is back this Thursday, September 8th at Bruvy Cinema Pub in Salt Lake City. We'll be screening the most often requested film for Music Meets Movies, the Who documentary, The Kids Are Alright. This 1979 film documents the Who through live performances, promotional films, and interviews. The film also features the band's last performance with the legendary drummer Keith Moon. The Kids Are Alright, this Thursday at Bruvy Cinema Pub in Salt Lake City. One screening only, tickets at 6.30, movie at 7.30, information at krcl.org. Hey Radioactive listeners, this is Alex Schmidt from Save Our Canyons. We're celebrating 50 years of protecting the beauty and wildness of the Wasatch Mountains this Saturday, September 10th at the Natural History Museum. Before that, we want to make sure you know about two public comment periods. The first is the Forest Service's proposed change to add recreational fees to 12 locations in the central Wasatch's canyons. The second is the Utah Department of Transportation's Little Cottonwood Canyon EIS, which is open for another 45 days. Both of those issues are important and need to have your involvement and advocacy. Visit saveourcanyons.org for more details and to learn about what our perspectives are on ways that we can all work together to protect the Wasatch for many generations to come. Thanks, Alex, for sending in that voice memo. And I believe we've got Alex on uh, tomorrow night, the show, talk a bit more about their 50th anniversary. But I'll put those public comment periods in the show notes tonight, folks, if you would like to weigh in on those matters that affect our canyons or wilderness here. I'm Laura Jones. I'm Rashawn Leak. And coming up, we have Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. with Amy Goodman, Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 8, Super Sounds with Chovy at 10.30, and we wrap it around with John Florence starts a brand new day at 6 a.m. But now let's get back to Roundtable Tuesdays. Let's get back. We have So we have our teachers. We have Greg Muhammad, our Horizonte instruction teachers, teaching for it looks like seven years in training center. Uh, Sarah Lee, who teaches math at Highland High and has been in the school district for 13 years. And John Arthur, who teaches sixth grade at Meadowlark Elementary in SLC. Hello, you three. Welcome to the station. Hey, hey Rashawn. Thank Thanks you. for having us. All right. So with all this heat, we, we got the first question has to be AC or no AC in your schools? <laughs> AC for me. 
AC, we're doing pretty good. We had AC until this morning. And Stop then, it. Uh, <laughs> no, it went out and it was sweltering. <laughs> First and second floor had it. We have a five-story building. First and second floor had air, air conditioning. Third, fourth, and fifth did not. Oh, I no. luckily was not that, on the fifth yeah, floor. Yeah, I'm no, I'm no science major, John, but that's one thing I do remember. So, Greg, all right, well, let's stay with you. What what happens? Because I know I know how my kids act when it gets a little too hot, and and, and so I can't imagine. Well, I'm a little bit older, so it affected me more than it did the the students. But we we carried on as best as we could. Uh, luckily, it was kind of it was picture day, okay. and so I said. Hey, it's hot in here. Let's go get our pictures taken. <laughs> that's so that's what you have to be as a teacher, kind of. <laughs> yeah, flexible. Absolutely. So let's. So since we're on you, let's talk about your origin story. How long you been teaching? What got you into teaching? Um, well, uh, the origin story is uh, my. I got laid off. I used to work. I have a biology degree, mm-hmm. and I got laid off from a place. And my girlfriend at the time was a teacher, and she said you should be a substitute. Mm-hmm. And I. Uh, I started doing that, and I, I really enjoyed it. Most people think, you know, a substitute. Why would you want to do that? And so I started doing that, enjoyed being around the kids, and uh, they people started requesting me, and I just said, uh, you know, I might as well get paid a little bit more money for this. <laughs> right. And then 28 point, and they take it to three decimal places, mm-hmm. 28 point something, five, six, seven, probably. Uh, years later, I'm... <laughs> I'm still here. Wow, I love it. I love it. All right, let's bring you into the conversation, Sarah. Okay. So how long have you been teaching? What's your origin story? Like, like I asked Greg, what, what got you into it? Um, probably around eighth, ninth grade. Mm. I was tutoring some of my peers in math. I'm a math teacher at Highland High. And I'd help my friends out, and they'd be like, wow, that was really easy. How come the teacher didn't explain it that way? I'm like, I don't know. I think they kind of took the fun out of it. So I kind of figured out I had this way of looking at mathematics through the back door, Mm. uh, looking at it through patterns, and I'm very organized. And so that was kind of the beginning. And from there, uh, I went on for my undergraduate and loved it. And here I am 25 years later, still enjoying every day I walk into work. I love it. I love it. And last but certainly not least... Utah's own teacher of the year, so John Arthur. So let's get your origin story. How long you been teaching? What got you into it? I'm just starting my tenth year of teaching at Metal Arc Elementary, and in my early twenties, I was a I was a lost soul. I was wandering through life, and I just didn't know what I wanted to be. My mother's a Korean immigrant. She really wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> But I just knew that that wasn't what I was meant to do. And I was reading a lot at the time. And I came across this quote by Frederick Douglass, who said, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Mm. And Mm. it just, it clicked with me. I recognized that at the time I was a broken man and I wanted to dedicate my life to building strong children. And so I went back to school, got my degree, went to Westminster to get my, my master's in teaching and I've been doing that ever since. Uh, that that quote is powerful. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. All right, so so I'd be remiss not to ask on on the backs of Love Labor Day. You know, one of the issues that we constantly hear is is teachers' pay. It's teacher, and, and granted, you know, we don't we're not going to go into your individuals, but how do we how do we change that? What do what do we need to do to start 
really changing that one perception to and and the reality to get more to attract more more quali- qualified and really excited teachers like you were talking about Sarah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. That's that's a tough one. Cuz I think a lot of us work really hard and it's not about the paycheck. The paycheck is the light bulbs that go off on the, on the students' mm-hmm. uh, heads and the smiles that are returned for helping them through. Um, so I don't think I've ever given that one a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think collectively, though, when we talk amongst our peers, is um, I think it, we're just misunderstood. Um, and that might be why the pay is not where it should be. You know, we collectively in here probably hold about seven different degrees. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my master's. I have 40 credit hours beyond my master's. Some of us hold a Ph.D. Um, and I think a lot of people don't know that about us, that we have to relicense every five years. So we're constantly taking classes and growing and learning and doing more. Um, so maybe just some awareness about who we are and what we do. There might be a little bit more respect there that uh, people don't feel like, we're just doing this, we're winging it, you know, we're, we're doing this through uh, best practice and uh, from education that we acquire and uh, we pivot and we hand out hugs and we have band-aids in mm-hmm. our classroom. There, there's a lot of hats we wear. Right, right. What's your thoughts, Greg? Um, well, like Sarah was saying, I think one of the big things is, is respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see people on the streets or talk to people and they say oh you're a teacher you guys got a hard job because every time you turn around somebody's on your case about something you right. can never do anything right but uh i think that's the big thing i mean pay is part of that respect but i also think sometimes uh, because as sarah said we have that big heart we kind of sometimes get taken advantage of and so mm-hmm. I think that's why it's important to have, uh, like, the union. All of us are SLEA, Salt Lake Education Association members. And it's it's to, you know, say, hey, we're good people. We're willing to help children, but we also want to be compensated for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And your thoughts, John? Yeah, I'd just like to build on what my two friends here said. So what Sarah pointed to is absolutely true. We here at this table did not get into teaching for the money. Right. However we are not attracting and retaining enough teachers to Mm -hmm. staff our schools. So obviously, teacher pay needs to go up. One piece of that, though, is I am very committed to the mission of getting kids from my community where I teach to come back to the West Side as teachers. And when you compare a teacher's median income to the incomes in the community where I teach, we're doing pretty good. Right. It's, a, it's a solid career with benefits, and so I'm, I'm constantly telling my students, this is a viable option for you, and this would be a great career to pursue. With the respect issue, you know, I, I often get that thing. My father was in the military, so I, I know what it looks like when people come up to you in a restaurant, and they're like, oh, you're a soldier. Thank you for your service. As teachers, we get the same thing. People come to you, oh, you're a school teacher, especially me. The, you teach elementary school? God bless you. Mm. you know, <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. But at the end of the day, you know, we need not just those, those things. We need support. We need people to show up at the legislature this next session, at, at community meetings, where people will be deciding how much money is going to be put into education. And the more money they put into education, 
the more wiggle room districts have to raise teacher pay and attract people into our profession and hang on to the ones that we have. Because just like Sarah was saying, people are surprised when they find out how qualified we are for Mm -hmm. our jobs, the degrees that we're bringing in the classroom. But they're finding out now as people are leaving the classroom to go into the private sector, go do other work, they're realizing we're not just saints and martyrs. We are professionals with degrees and options. Mm -hmm. And so as people leave the classroom to go do other work, now they're realizing, oh my goodness, these people had a choice and they made the choice to enter teaching. And now too many of them are making the choice to leave. So we have to do more to hang on to them. I love that. I love that. So, so I, I don't want to pivot just yet because I, and, and correct me, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I was on the Salt Lake website not too long ago and I, and I heard that they were lowering the bar of what it actually takes to be a teacher. <laughs> now, like a lot of people don't know, but I, I actually, before I moved here, that's my degree. I have a degree in English literature. I thought I was going to teach and then eventually <laughs> go to college and teach Shakespeare. And that's another story. <laughs> but, but, is that a slap in the face when I when I hear you three talk about how you know how many degrees how how much education you have and and I know the teachers who I'm friends with at my friend schools my boys school sorry and then my friends who are teachers back home I know how educated they are I know how much they love their kids is is it just off putting when you hear that we are lowering the bar to almost just take you know can you can you breathe can you be a teacher because I. We know what it takes to be in a classroom. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about that? Well, they, when you lower the bar and someone comes in uh, on a lower bar, they don't stay. Right. Um, because they don't know what they're walking into. Mm-hmm. So um, I collaborate with some of the universities, and I try to help, I try to help practicing teachers as much as possible. Um, try to take on student teachers to say this is a great profession and I want to coach you and mentor you and and I just had a simple question from a student in training last year and and he asked you know what is your greatest obstacle as a teacher that is what I need to write about in my next assignment and I said attendance and there was just kind of a pause and he goes what do you mean and I said well what do you do as a teacher when people don't show up He's like, I'd never thought of that before. And I think that's what happens when you're not trained in a teacher program and you're mm-hmm. not um, educated like we are because a lot of what we do is keeping the peace and making sure that students want to be there and come. Uh, and that takes a skill set that isn't just math-related right. or English-related Um we, we have our bag of tricks. And so he and I sat down and we talked about, you know, he's like, I had never thought about when I go into teaching, I have to consider that kids aren't going to be there. He was just ready to show up and give his great <laughs> lecture, Shakespearean lecture, yeah. you know, and they're going to love him. And, and he loves what he does. And it was going to be glorious. And then he didn't realize that two would be sleeping or four would be late or five would be absent and i said there's a balance there so when we lower the bar in teaching that's what we lose right Mm -hmm. and really i always say i'm a teacher first and i'm a mathematician second Mm -hmm. because i'm there for the student and if you don't come into this job being there for the student uh it's not gonna be successful i love that what, what's your thoughts? How do you respond to that? What do you think, John? 
Oh man, I have so many thoughts about that. I think Sarah's exactly right. Um, when you lower the bar, what you're doing is you're increasing the number of warm bodies in, in the pool, but you're, you're lowering the level of professionalism mm-hmm. among those bodies. And you know, right now we're facing a crisis. It's, it's a legitimate teacher shortage crisis. At my school right now, we have uh, a fifth grade position that never got filled because no one would, uh, would be qualified to our standards to fill it. We had applicants in the summer and our administration and the hiring team just decided, you know what, we would rather just go with our two professional educators rather than put a third warm body into mm. a classroom and, and take a third of our fifth grade students and put them in that classroom. That would be a lesser education for those children. So we're going to do right by these kids, but it's going to be more work for the adults. Right. It's, it's a terrible trade-off, but... Ultimately, what we need to do is stop treating the teacher shortage and the, the need to start filling our classrooms with more people as a, as a short-term problem. It's not. It's, it's something that's been going on for a long time, and it requires a long-term solution. You can't, put, uh, you can't have somebody walk in with a, with a bullet wound. Someone just got shot and say, okay, let's grab more Band-Aids. We're, we, we just need more of those, and we'll just put it on. It's like, no, you've got to root out the real problem. you got to go deeper. we got to pay for surgery. People will say surgery is expensive. Teachers are expensive, but we're worth it. And the, the, the ripple effect that we have, not only in the lives of children, but in our communities and economic development, workforce development, are, are incalculable. So you have to invest in us. It's powerful. All right. What do you got, Greg? You want to add to that? He's got it's got pretty hard to add uh, what they've said so far. But uh, I I don't think people know that uh, content knowledge is just a a fraction of what you need to know to be a good teacher. You you are like constantly problem solving and and looking at things. It's 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 tough. It's a you know it's like a quarterback. Seeing what's going, yeah, mm. yeah, you can throw the football, but you got to see what's going on on the field and what's happening in front of you uh, constantly. So I think sometimes people think, oh, yeah, you got a PhD in this, you can teach it. Mm. No. no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to Roundtable Tuesday edition of Radioactive. I'm Rashawn Leak, and we have Greg Muhammad, Sarah Lee, and John Arthur. John, I want to I want to go back to you because you 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 said something that really hit me, and you talked about crisis. Mm-hmm. So so if we don't make a media and I'm and I'm purposely using the word crisis and immediate mm-hmm. because I think that's really what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But if we don't take immediate uh, changes or address what's going on, what do you think the long term ramifications of this crisis will be? Well, we're already seeing the the ramifications of the teacher shortage. And nothing has really been done to stem that tide. So what we're going to see over time is a continuation of the trends that we're experiencing now. The number of qualified teachers will continue to diminish while the number of students who need those teachers will continue to rise. People will continue to leave the, the teaching profession, especially as long as unemployment stays as low as it is. And, and these opportunities for us to go out and make more money with less stress and greater prestige continue to beckon to us, you know? Um, and ultimately, if you think about the children in our classrooms, right now I, I teach sixth grade. My students haven't had a quote-unquote normal year since third grade. Mm-hmm. 
think of the impact that it's already had on their on their education. Now they head off to middle school and high school, and they they don't have enough teachers, and so they end up sitting in the the auditorium because they just have to be managed throughout the day and not educated at some point. And and this continues on, and then they try to go off to to higher education hopefully, and try to get some sort of a degree or find a career path or go into CTE, whatever it is. And, and just each step up the mountain becomes weaker and weaker over time until something dramatically changes, until you know the legislature embraces the idea that they have to fund education at the level that will give us, uh, you know, in 2020, Envision Utah said $60,000 as a starting average wage for mm-hmm. teachers. Now with inflation, that's like 67000 Until they actually do that, we will just continue to slide into a space where fewer and fewer of us stay in the classroom and continue to take the punishment because we love our jobs and we love what we do. That's not going to be appealing enough to, to save our children. You, you used an acronym that I'm not familiar with, and our, our listeners might not be either. What's mm-hmm. CTE? Uh, Career and technical education, okay. right? So getting them ready for trade fields, uh, one of which is teaching. They can get uh, experience in high school to become teachers. So if any high schoolers are out there listening right now, that's a beautiful <laughs> path. I know we're talking about some really tough stuff right now, but don't worry. We're just counting on you to come into the classroom and, and, and help take us into the future. Um, and it's a beautiful life, you know, despite all the problems that we're talking about here. To be a teacher and spend all day educating and uplifting children, oh, there's nothing better. I love that. I love that. All right, all right. This is a this is an open question for for you three educators, as as a, as parents that are listening, as as a parent myself, as students. I'm you know sometimes my kids listen. Uh, what what do we need from? What do you need from us? Mm-hmm. What? How do we assist? How do we step up to the plate? and take some of this burden off of the teacher's backs? I would say trust. So um, we get challenged a lot by our decisions, but again, we promise you that those are based on best practice, what we've learned, um, experiences we've had. Um, Sometimes a parent thinks they know best for their child's academic success, but it's different than what's happening at home. So just to relieve us of a lot of the input that we get that is noise and not necessary in our day, trust us to make the right choice. We're there because we love it. We've said that so many times today. And we love your kids. And we want them to succeed. Um, If I could just walk in every day knowing that the parents have my back instead of giving me feedback that is confrontational it would make all the difference and I'm at a high school level so you can Mm -hmm. see where you know we have Mm -hmm. we have stress about ACT and getting to college and um, I'm taking care of your child with all of my might I teach my guts out I promise you that I I think trust is a big thing too trust and respect um i don't know where the rhetoric is rhetoric has come from i mean it's come from some of the Mm -hmm. far right conservatives that we have an agenda i don't have an agenda i'm just doing what's best for students and i think that's all teachers are really trying to do 
Um, so support, I, I know, uh, my wife is a teacher as well. She's a librarian. And, uh, and the other day back to school night, a parent came in and she said, do you have LGBTQ plus books in here? Are you promoting an agenda? She said, no, I'm just making sure everybody in the school is accepted. And, and, and so that, that's tough. That's mm -hmm. tough to deal with that thing. It's like, we're, we have an agenda. I, none of us have an agenda. We just want what's best for, for kids. I have an agenda. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. Get it, John. No, Get it. I, I tell you, my, my agenda entirely is about taking care of people. And uh, we've all chosen to take care of the littlest among us. Um, so what I would say to parents is, and I say this to my, my students' parents all the time, please just take care of yourself. Like the, We've all just tried to weather the worst storm that anyone's ever seen. And, and we're coming out on the other side, and there are fewer of us. We lost a lot of wonderful, beautiful people in our education community. We lost a lot of amazing colleagues. And, and you got to give yourself grace. And once you do, you will be better capable and ready to give teachers grace, to give your own kids grace. Recognize that the hardest thing for a kid to, to work through, if they're trying to be a good learner, the hardest thing for them to handle is the stress that they see in their parents and in their home. And so the more you take care of yourself, the more you're gonna be taking care of your children. And when they come to school, we're gonna do everything we can to take care of them as well. And that, that does come down to making sure that all kids feel seen and affirmed in our classrooms and that they have books and, and beautiful literature that, that tells their stories and that they can feel recognized and safe within our environments and ultimately just like we've been talking about, we just have to take better care of each other. And mm -hmm. respect and trust come along with that. Absolutely. And, and I know our listeners have heard me and a lot of people say this, but representation matters. Absolutely. Being seen as who you decide to show up as is so important. And, and so really, I guess my next question is, how, is our, how are our kids doing? How mm -hmm. are they doing? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you said it, you hit it, you know, I, I always forget because it, these COVID years are crazy, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm no math major, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we're almost three years. It'll be three wow. years in March since COVID, and I, you know, I can see it in my boys. You know, not that they're they're still wild, and you know, and I love the, every bit of them, but but you know, how are our kids? You know, reeling back with their first like real year back in school. I've been talking to some of my colleagues about that just this week. That I've noticed a difference. Um, they do seem to be more aware and engaged and present than they have in the past. So for all the yuck we've been through, uh, it seems like in the faces and in the efforts of my students this year, they so appreciate being in class and learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the good that comes out of the pandemic. Um, seeing their smiles is just the best part of my day. I so missed seeing their expressions and having the mask off and being able to see how everyone's feeling. Um, it just seems like we're coming in a little stronger and with the attitude that we're there to learn and I, I applaud the students. They have been incredible through all of this. Even when we are online, uh, they were present and they were there and they were getting the job done. I think as adults, we were struggling more than the students were. And I think people need to hear that the students 
we're taking care of business. And they're happy now that that's happening in the classroom. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what are you seeing, Greg? Well, that's just it. It's nice to see a face. Yeah, <laughs> a full face. Uh, a full face instead of a blank, dark screen <laughs> like we had when we were online at times. Um, no, I, I, it's good for me. It, it heartens me. It keeps me going when I see a, a student paying attention and smiling and I can see what the emotions they're feeling. That's good for me, and that, that's and that's motivating to me. We, it, there's there's a symbiotic relationship between teachers and students. Absolutely, and and that relationship is being rebuilt right now. So, mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and then yeah, middle I guess middle school right? Middle school or well, elementary? I'm, last I'm elementary. Yeah, so this sixth grade, so they're the biggest little kids. <laughs> yeah, they could be off at the the middle school. They don't know how good they've got it. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll say this. The kids are doing better than the adults are. Mm. The kids are so malleable, and they're so uh, ready to, to bend and adapt to new situations. And so, especially for you know, the students in my classroom, a significant part of their life was spent in the pandemic. And so they are coming out of it uh, not longing for days gone by the way that adults are. And, and they... they Frankly, my, my students are colliding into each other. They cannot keep their hands off of each other. Like last year, I saw this too. They, they spent so much time at home alone and, and socially isolated that once they were able to come near each other again, it was just gravity. They just, they just arms around each other all the time. And, and it's, it's like I, I'm having to teach things that I have not had to teach before. Like I've always listened to the kindergarten and first grade teachers use acronyms like Kaifudi, keep your hands and feet to yourself. And I was like, I, just, oh, I don't know. I, I, I kept down. saying like, hey, back up, back. I finally just started saying Kaifudi, Kaifudi. You guys remember? They're like, what's that? I'm like, I don't even know. But but stop hugging each other so much. But at the same time, I'd look at them and they would be smiling and embracing. I'm like, ah, you know what? Never mind. Go and hug each other. This is a beautiful thing, you know. The the that I, I will never take for granted my job anymore. Mm. I'll never take for granted the ability to just get up out of my chair and walk up to, to stand beside a student who is struggling and to point at their paper and say, right here, this is where you, where you got a little bit lost. And here's how you get back on track. I, I find greater joy in my job than I ever have before, even though it's never been harder than it is right now. Mm. So I see, Greg. I'm going. I'm going to go to you because you have it in your bio. So you're you're on the spot right now, and then oh, we'll switch. Okay. <laughs> so you're a member of Salt Lake Education Association's Political Education and Action Committee. So what is that? Because that's that seems for serious. That seems for serious. <laughs> it's basically we want to get the candidates in the positions that will support education, mm-hmm. and that's what we're we're trying to do. We're trying to find out who are those people that will support teachers, support education, and support students i see i think sometimes the public thinks that you know teachers and and students are two separate things you can't support both at the same time and that's that's just not true (laughs) if you have good teachers healthy teachers respected teachers then you have the same thing from the students Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to do is is get people in there that will support education um and so we're we're being selective in that way. That's what good. <laughs> that's what we're doing. So, what does support education look like from your vantage points? And this is for all three of you. You can go, ahead, Sarah. Mm. Um, well, we've had a few rallies. You've probably mm, seen yep. us in the news. A lot of it's just awareness that there is a vote coming up, 
and what can people do to support us and that might be you know financially or um, emotionally um, to help our workday go smoother um, so just be aware of the issues and what, what's happening out there uh, students again I keep going back to the students I, wrong with that. <laughs> uh, but I'm at the high school level so they are very politically minded yes they are and mm-hmm. uh, it's so great to see them get involved with their own education and then I think they also educate their parents as well so it's nice to see them out and on in support of us um I think I've told you I've been doing this for 25 years and back when I taught in Illinois we were on strike for two weeks and I was a young teacher I couldn't pay my bills and uh, it was just so encouraging to be out on the picket line and the moms and dads and the students would drive up and they'd give us boxes of donuts and they would honk their horns and give mm-hmm. us the thumbs up. And it's, it's amazing just how an act of kindness can go a long way just with some of these political agendas. So we feel like people are listening. Yeah. What does support look like for you, John? Two things. One, when I think of education, I always think of a garden and mm-hmm. teachers are the soil and our students are the seeds. And so if you want to take care of education, you got you got to take care of us as well as them. And and just what you were talking about, Greg, it's not like if you do something for teachers that's not good for students. What's good for the soil is good for the seed. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things I want to just draw attention to is when you go after students, for example, with the the ban on transgender athletes mm-hmm. or what you know, mm-hmm. pick your issue. Mm-hmm you are not only attacking a subgroup of children, you are, you are just firing up and attacking the adults who have dedicated their lives to caring for them. Yes. So if you wanna take care of teachers, if you wanna take care of education, one, please, no ridiculous legislation this year about <laughs> transparency or whatever else, like, like the issue is that we're not clear enough. You, you have you know, clouded vision, that's not on us, all right? So n- none of that to no legislation that's gonna be going after our children, our babies, like Mm -hmm. just give them a break. They've been through enough. And three, yes, pass things that elevate our profession, things that will will move us into a, a brighter light where people will look at teaching and say, yes, that looks fantastic. I wanna do that as well with my professional life. And, and hopefully just, just just put us in a position where we can be successful, and I promise you we will. Nothing that, that, that stops us from getting there and only things that move us toward that promised land. I love that. I love that. So just remind us, what, what schools – we're not going to give socials because you're at schools. So <laughs> yeah, but just remind us what schools you're at and, and what grade you teach. Meadowlark Elementary for me, John Arthur, sixth grade. Uh, best school in town. Best, best uh, school in town for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. There could be more than one best school in town. Just, just so you know, John, uh, John was telling me a story about a student that he had in elementary school mm-hmm. that came to our school and has been graduated and successful. That's right. So, mm-hmm. that's right. so it's 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 the same ecosystem. thing. It's an ecosystem. That's right. That's right. Um, what was the question again? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just named your school. Oh, Horizonte Instructional and Training Center. We teach youth there um, that have not been successful at East, West, and Highland, the mainstream high schools. And we also have programs for adults. We have day classes and evening classes and 
and we doing everything we can to make students successful. You know what? Those, sometimes people say, though, aren't those hard students to teach? And uh, nope. I'm going, you know what? They inspire me every day. Yeah, just misunderstood. And Sarah? And I'm Sarah Lee from Highland High School. I teach math. Go Rams. I love it. And that's <laughs> our show, everyone. Whoo, Rashawn. That was some good stuff. You feeling better about the school year now? I, 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 I'm always. Well, you know, I, I, I love, I love my kids' schools. I love my kids' teachers. Uh-huh. We, you know, we're fortunate. We have a, we have a co-op. So we, which means that it, you know, I spend, spend three, six, six hours between myself and Joe up there volunteering in our mm-hmm. school's classroom. And you know, kind of like they said, it was, it, it was, it was terrible to be away. You know, I, I see these kids, and you know, we we stopped doing it because of COVID. You know, three years ago, two and a half years ago, and now I'm back in it. I just volunteered last Friday, and and to see these kids that I've known since you know they were kindergartners, and now they're sixth graders, and my oldest son's class and third graders, and you just you know I just realize how much I get out of it. Yeah. You know how much just you know I, I miss it. And while you know I don't have a I don't have a daughter of my own, but you know I go into the school. And I'll have all these daughters that I'm, you know, I'm really worried about their mental and physical well-being. And so it's just, it's like they said, you know, we, it's, it's time for us to truly recognize how important our teachers are. And they are literally responsible for the future of our children. And so if we, if we don't trust the teachers, then, then have, have a conversation, get to the bottom, get to the root cause of what's driving that. Well, thanks. Welcome back. Thanks to all our teachers and our guests this hour. Tomorrow on the show, Nick Burns will be back to join us as a volunteer host. And a round of Music Meets Activism with Catherine Weller of the League of Women Voters of Utah. Plus, Meet the Neighbors with the Boys and Girls Club and more crate digging with Eric P. Nelson. I'm Laura Jones. I'm Rashawn Leak. Have a great night, everybody. Take care, y'all. Thanks for plugging into your community with us. KRCL, Salt Lake City. Looking to upgrade your vehicle soon? Consider donating your car to KRCL. Our vehicle donation partner will give you a tow and a tax receipt and cut KRCL a check. Find details about donating your car to KRCL at the support tab at krcl.org. No way, see-